0: What today's about. We fight for that short haired dog and that name across your chest.
1: Today is kind of a bittersweet day,
0: in that uh, I still love the game, I still love my guys, but it's time for us to go a different road. You know, I'm honored to be sitting here today. Um, I'm humbled to be sitting here today and having the opportunity uh, to be the next, you know, head football coach at Wofford College.
2: Welcome into to the short-haired dog, home of your 2017 SOCON champion Wofford Terriers. I'm your host, Michael Bennett. Alongside me tonight, my co-host slash best friend slash brother, Kevin Bennett. How are you doing tonight, KB?
1: I'm doing good, Mike. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Um, one thing we wanted to do before we got into the show, Mike, is uh, last night I saw on Facebook kind of before the news broke... Um, we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to the to the family of Tarek Odom. Uh, Mike, just an awful situation. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys that you, I'd kind of forgotten about. Um, and it's not because he was, you know, not a good player. I think he's one of the best defensive linemen they've ever had. It's just we've had so many good defensive linemen here recently. You're like, oh, I forgot about Tarek Odom. He was a stud. Um, and then seeing that last night, man, it was – that's tough. I mean, 24 years old. I mean, I'm 24. So that really puts really puts it into perspective that anything can happen. Um, just from everything I've I've seen on Facebook and all the tributes and stuff people have put out there about him, seemed to be a great stand-up guy. Worked his tail off. Um, really made the most of his time at Walford. And I mean, he'll go down as one of the best defensive players in in Walford history.
2: Yeah, I think for sure he's going to be a Hall of Fame guy uh, eventually at, at Walford. I know he's. Only been out, what, two years, so uh, I know he's got a few more years before he'd be eligible, but I think uh, it's just a shame. It's always a tragedy when a young person loses their life, but it seems like there's not – I've yet to see anything and, – and I know this happens when anyone passes away, but I've yet to see anything negative from anybody. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's like praising this guy, what a great guy that he was, and and of course he was a great football player. I mean, that was that was no doubt about it. He was all SoCon. He was actually named the team MVP. In, what, 2014? Yeah. Um, and, and and that's the thing about Tarek is he started out there at Wofford his first couple years. I mean, they were so con champs, a team that went to the playoffs. And then the last two were years that, you, you know, were a little bit tough. There, Kevin, there's two memories of Tarek Odom that I have at Wofford that really stick out to me. One of which is early on his in his career, I believe it was in 2012, um, when Walford went up to Appalachian State and knocked them off. Uh, and, and it was really – he really won the game as the quarterback at the time for Appalachian State through a backwards pass. Yeah. And it bounced on that <laughs> turf.
1: Yeah, I remember that. And he
2: scooped it up and ran it in for a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, that was heads up just because normally when you see a guy throwing forward, you know, you you think, oh, well, let me, you know, that's an incomplete pass. But he knew it was backwards from the get-go. So he took off running with that one and scored. And the second memory I have is later on in his career, I think he was actually a senior, in 2014, they go down to Sanford. And it was clear that day, Terry Codham was the best player on the field. He was all over the place on the defensive side. And then late in the game, Michael Weimer was you know, playing quarterback in that game. Jack, Evan Jackson got hurt the week before. They put Tarek Odom as the fullback in the wishbone. And he they drove down the field a couple of times and made a crucial fourth down where they could have – David Marvin could have kicked a field goal to tie the game, but instead Ayers goes for it and they end up scoring a touchdown on that drive and winning the ball game. And a lot of it was to think was Tarek Odom. And uh, that's just a couple of memories. I know we're missing a lot of them, but I just wanted to kind of uh, mention those two because those are two that always stick out to me. So, I, you know, once again, thoughts go out to his family <clears throat> and everybody who's who knows him and, and all of his teammates. I've seen a lot of people just in shock. They can't believe it. And uh, certainly we, we we feel it here, and we didn't even know Tarek personally. We just saw him from afar as, as a fan of his. But... Uh, well, I can only imagine what his family and his friends are going through.
1: Yeah, just a just an awful time for their family, and you know, we speak about football, but you know, there's more to life than football, and that's I mean, he, all the tributes that we saw makes you you know makes you realize the kind of person that he was. So it makes it hurt even worse to lose a guy like like Tarek Odom. So like we said here from the from the short-haired dog, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Uh, Mike, you know, like I said, I hate to start it out on a sad note, but we thought we needed to, you know, pay I, tribute yeah. there.
2: And and like Kevin, that's the thing about it. That's the more important thing here. Uh, it, you know, football is great. We love it. But like you said, there's more important things. And, you know, certainly the life and memory of Terry Odom is much more important than, than anything we could have started the show with. So we started it with that. So we're sorry to, you know, uh, bring up the sad thoughts here, but uh, we thought that was appropriate. We thought that that was what we needed to bring up first so that's what we did here on Episode 8 of the Short-Haired Dog. Kevin, let's move into some good news now. Yeah. Let's move into some, some more positive news. Walford is now led by a new head coach. Uh, I are. didn't think that day would ever come where we'd say, you know what, there's a different coach other than Mike Ayers at the helm of the Terriers. But that day has come, Kevin. We now have a brand new head coach, a young guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like you, actually.
1: I love his look.
2: Bald, it, Bald? Uh, got the got the beard going on. I mean... Wears very sharply dressed, at least at the press conference. Looked I'm a lot a, like you over at the bank. I'm a fan. I can uh, I can pull his look off for sure. And, and I think y'all are close enough in age where I'm pretty sure you could be him for Halloween until mm-hmm. from now on. Maybe. Because I, I see you two continuing to look alike <laughs> as it moves. You know, I don't know. But anyway, Josh Conklin named the, what is it, the 23rd head coach in Wofford history? I think that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, for the last 30, we've had the same one. So I guess that's... Uh, it says something, hopefully he'll be around for that. But I tell you, Kevin, we talked about in the last episode about, you know, not wanting to go too far away from the Walford way. And also, you know, we, we were, you know, the thing about it is we were never against, uh, somebody who wasn't on staff. I know a lot of people might've misunderstood that, but I was willing to stay with status quo rather than I was to blow the thing up and go with somebody that had no Walford ties at all. To me, Kevin, I think we got the best of both worlds. Well, we were seeing
1: on the message board, you know, some people wanted an outside hire, some people wanted an in-house hire. Like you said, I think this is the best of both worlds, and I think it's a home run. He has, you know, power five experience. He was yeah. a coordinator at Pitt, and when you think about it, you're like, oh, I don't know, but but they had a good defense. They've had some good They've defensive players, that they have overachieved, and that and you know what that that's a result of coaching. Yeah. Um, He's very good schematically. I've went back and actually watched some of the pit defense, some of the things that they do on the defensive side of the ball. I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing some of that implemented in the Walford way on the defensive side of the ball. But Mike, yeah, I mean, to me, it's a home run hire. He knows what he's working with at Walford. He's got his family had ties. I think it's his his wife that is from Spartanburg, and I guess it's his father-in-law that was. Um,
2: he, was he a, a a coach at Dorman and um, what was it? What is it exactly? I, I'm not sure, but it, I think from what I gathered, I was actually I, I was able to make the press conference. And in case I didn't know who I was, I was the tallest guy there who wasn't Richard Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's that's totally unrelated. But I kind of I think it was something like. Fourth generation Walford guys, yeah. I think was kind of, and that was those were his like his father in law and his his dad and his dad and something like that and maybe his son too. I'm not sure exactly how that worked out, but nonetheless a Walford family with a ton of Walford DNA. So th- that's a good thing. Um, and and to get back to your point, talking about that defense. He says they're going to keep the 50, which I think the 50 is one of those things that's sort of like the option in that you don't see a lot of teams that run it. Right. And according to our personnel, and probably the personnel that he's going to be able to recruit as well, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to really go too far, you know, out in left field. So they're going to stay with the 50 front, and he seems to think they're going to still run a lot of the options, so... That's encouraging to me. I know we said that all along, that if they completely ditched the option, I mean, that was going to be years of us being behind. I think this is the perfect move because he, once again, Kevin, we've got somebody that has been around the option both on this side of it and the other side. And he's seen the other side to know, hey, like even he said, the week they played Georgia Tech's the worst week of his life. And I think that's kind of what he wants to bring to it now. He, I've heard he mentioned that he was going to try to open it up even more, whatever it takes to score more points, and I'm totally with that. But I feel like as if the last couple of years we've tried to do that even more. Like This year was not a traditional Wofford offense. No. A lot more passing than we've had, so I think he just continues that. I think he does stuff different. But I've told you the whole time, I think for next year, the thing that could make Wofford a, a difference maker is running the traditional option. Yeah. I think that's what their – at least their quarterbacks – and a lot of their personnel fit. Now that'll be up to the coaches, whatever they do, and whoever the coaches end up being. I know we've heard a lot of people ca- coaching carousel. Who might you know stay? Who may go? Who may be new on on board on this staff? Who knows at this point? We, we're all it's all speculation at this point, so we won't really say anything at this point. But Kevin, I'm with you. I think this was a home run hire. And uh, believe it or not, I you know it, it's kind of odd that a, that a Wofford coach. I mean, I know Mike Young, but. Wofford's head coach in football has a Twitter. Yeah, well, that's different. That's, I like that's, that. I mean, I do too. But that's just totally. I mean, you look at recruiting, and like if the coach gives you know retweets you, that's big time. Right. And considering Mike didn't have Twitter, which I think at this point he needs to bring it on.
1: That'd be great.
2: You know, because you know Spurrier, he waited till after he you know he left, didn't he, and to mm-hmm. get Twitter going. Maybe maybe Mike Ayers needs to get his Twitter going right now. Yeah, well, let's hope it's better
1: than Spurrier's. Let me tell you, it's not very riveting. <laughs> Um, But, you know, Mike, getting back to it, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I agree. Running the traditional option is, to me, a difference maker for the Wofford offense. And thinking about it, if you go back and you think about Paul Johnson's offenses at, at Georgia Tech, the good ones, the Justin Thomas years. Justin Thomas is one of those guys, he was not the biggest in the world, very elusive, and he was able... He was one of those guys where when he was down under center, you couldn't see him back there. Yeah. And I had and to me that screams Joe Newman. I yeah. feel like Joe can crouch down back there and you not be able to see him. And by the time they're out there,
2: you know, trying to hit the hole or hit the, fill the gaps out there running the option, he's by you. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I felt like more so than with Goodson, we saw a lot more of of Newman under center. Yeah. Um, we saw it with Army. I mean, Army's offense was fantastic. Right. So. And you could really argue, I mean, I know the quarterback at armies and All-American and all that, but the tailbacks, I think we're an upgrade to them. Really. I mean, I they, think they recruit the McAfee, same kind of guys that we do. Yeah, but I think we're better. No, maybe I mean, maybe, maybe I'm kind of crazy to say that, but I just think those running backs are better than that. So, you know, it's going to be up to this coach and see what he's going to do. And, and like we said, you know, time will tell you know and and but we think initially this is a home run hire and on paper it looks like a tremendous move and, and from everything i've heard him talk man it looks it looks to be a very good situation for the terriers moving yeah.
1: forward and and like we said a big part of it was understanding the resources at Walford, and he reiterated that in his press conference numerous times he knows the Walford way he knows what he's working with he knows the quality of people that he's got around him he knows the quality of you know young men that he's got playing on the team for him the young men that he's recruiting he knows what he's working with there in Spartanburg. and like we said he's a younger voice lord knows we we are the biggest mike ayers fans in the world We adore mike Ayers. but but you know he's a 69 70 year old guy and while he could still find ways to pump those guys up so can josh conklin because he's 37 years old. I yeah. mean, he's not that much older than some of these guys that's out there playing. And I mean, he, he knows, I mean, he's he's in it enough to know what gets these guys pumped yeah. up. And Mike, I'm I'm very, very excited to see really how this how this takes shape. Um and for the people that, you know, maybe don't agree with the hire, a little skeptical. You got to give him a chance. I know there's some people that are just still against anything other than Mike Ayers. Yeah. But you have to give him a chance. And you
2: realize, I mean Mike Ayers is not going to come out of retirement. No. There's not going to be another Mike Ayers. People just have to realize that. And and here's the thing, Mike.
1: People are saying, "Well, he ain't going. He won't be another Mike." Ayers. No, no coach is going to stay for 30 years. If we get if we get 5 years, 10 years out of coach Conklin, that is the I mean that's the and he, and he may want to stay for thirty years. Yeah, but here's but, the thing, that's the norm. Yeah, like, that if is you the think norm. about any of those power five schools, they're there five, six, seven years and you know, they're off to something bigger yeah. and better. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I don't buy the fact that I, I I don't think this is a stepping stone for Coach Conklin. I and he reiterated this in the in the press conference. He made the statement, you know, that his wife had been so supportive in his moves and stuff moving around. This to me seems like the perfect opportunity for him, you know, the, uh, head coaching job may have been, you know, that's his dream. He comes back to Walford, but it's also his wife's hometown. She gets to come home. She's a
2: Walford graduate.
1: Yeah, she gets to come home. Family's around. He's a head coach, what he's wanted to be. Yeah. And I mean, he's at Walford, who he has a ton of resources. He's got a squad coming back. I mean, it sounds like a perfect situation and, and uh, apparently just a heck of a recruiter as well. And Mike, I'm like I said, I'm very excited to see how the rest of the staff take shape because there's going to be some new names. Yeah, and um, just ready to see, especially when the when fall practice get up and or not fall spring practice gets up and everything.
2: I mean, and the fall. Yeah, and fall, I mean, fall's coming. Yeah, yeah,
1: but um, I'm I'm just curious to see kind of you know when we when some people can get out there and kind of see what's what's being run and kind of some of the schemes on both sides of the ball. What's a little bit different because there's going to be some changes, guys. There's yeah. going to be some changes, but look. People don't like change, but you have to change. You have to adapt. And we said before, I think you have to run the traditional option, but you also you got to throw some things out there that the defenses haven't seen. And he said that he thinks that the offense that they run is very, very effective. But he's gonna, you know, he's gonna sit down, he's gonna analyze, and he's gonna, you know, throw some new things in there. And I think that's exactly what you need to do. And like you said last year, Mike, Coach Lang throws some stuff out there he's never done before, right. Right? at least on a consistent basis. And that's like. Here's the thing. If you come out and just start running the spread all of a sudden, that's not going to work. But if you throw some stuff in there, like a couple of plays every drive, that's enough
2: to keep the defense off balance. They don't know what you're going to do. And and really, Kevin, this is if you're going to make some changes, you're coming off of a good year yeah. to do that. Because this year we did all kind of crazy stuff that that's not very normal for Walford offenses. Right. Two more thoughts on on Coach Conklin here before we move on. One that I think is is noteworthy is that Richard Johnson came to him yeah he you 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 talked about him you know wanting to stay there for his wife and the, he if he was just wanting a stepping stone he would have had some opportunities elsewhere right it, across FCS even in Fbs there is there's some opportunities open but like you said he's not really one to go after jobs and Richard Johnson came to him so I thought that was pretty interesting another thought I have. I know everybody loves Mike Ayers, and, and we love him too, like you said. We we really do. But I think you could argue that Josh Conklin probably has a better resume than Mike Ayers had when he came to Wofford. Oh, there ain't no probably about it. That, I mean, that's a fact. I mean, and, and granted, does that mean everything? That doesn't mean he's going to be – I mean, he may not hold a candle to Mike Ayers, but I think we need to understand and realize the caliber of a candidate we got, we were able to get yeah. at Wafford is impressive. So we need to be, listen, guys, I know some of you don't want to change. Some of you want to stay. we got to give this guy a chance, let him do his thing, and understand, hey, guys, he's he's here wanting to win too. You know, a lot of people, I don't know why this is, Kevin, but a lot of time when you see coaching changes and changes within an organization or, a, you know, a college team or something like that, you automatically think the new people are wanting to screw things up. And that's really not what it is. They're trying to, they're, they may go about it, Differently, but they're trying to. The, the goal is the same, and like he said in his press conferences, he's here to win a national championship at Wofford. And I think you know it's one of those deals, Kevin, where he's getting he's inheriting a good
1: program, Mike. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it we're gonna be dang good next year. I think so too. I think I, I'm already looking forward to it. I think we're gonna be excellent next year. And before we move on, Mike, I kind of do want to talk about the you know some of the coaching things, you know, some of the staff. You know, we've already heard and it's already been, you know, confirmed that Coach Gasparado's headed to App State. Um, there's some other guys that's rumored to be gone. Um, to me, Mike, I think you and and he said he was gonna sit down with all the assistant coaches and kinda analyze and see what's going on. And I think that is Coach Conklin or or is is his intentions and he probably knows more right now. Like we said, nothing's come out, um so we don't wanna make any assumptions, but Mike, to me, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think you need to keep a cornerstone coach, a coach that's been there a while on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I don't know if that's Coach Nash. I mean, well, I mean we've heard rumors of all, for all these coaches maybe going elsewhere, sticking around, whether it be Coach Nash, whether it be Coach Lang, which to me, Mike, I mean, if if, if Wade wants to do it, and, I, and Coach Conklin will have him, I'm I'm good with him just and, sticking and, in there.
2: And I think that's the thing. I mean, he alluded to it at the press conference that they're the experts, you yeah. know. I think if Coach Lang and, and the guys on that staff want to be there, they're going to be there. I think Coach Conklin wants everybody. Right. But it's just one of those things. You've got a lot of turnover, a lot of different things, a lot of uncertainty. You're going to have guys say, you know what, I, I think I can go somewhere else and, and have it better. Well, I, it's a,
1: and it's a new voice in there. And also, you know, uh, we've seen reports of three or four coaches in staff was where, you know, were interviewed for the job. and. You know, I'm not going to say they're bitter, but it's one of those things where, you know, they thought maybe they had a chance at the job, and now they now that, you know, a young, hot-shot coach is coming in and got the job, they know they don't have a chance at Walford Younger anymore. Yeah. yeah, so they're if they want a head coaching job, they're going to have to go somewhere else. But, you know, some of those guys, maybe they just want to be a coordinator. And yeah. what better place than to be at Walford where you've been? And like we said, got a stud team coming back next year. But, Mike, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I think one of those cornerstone guys needs to stick around and just kinda of, like we said, write the ship, keep doing what we're doing, throw some new stuff in there, which is fine. I'm all aboard that. Just keep doing what we're doing. But you need a you need a familiar voice for some of those guys that especially some of the upperclassmen, uh, you need a familiar voice for them to go to, you know, voice their opinions and things like that. Um, but I saw on the message board where we had it we got a commitment. From a receiver, I think it was, um and he was recruited by Freddie Brown, so if you know if coach Brown's still out there recruiting, it makes you think he may be sticking around as well, like I said, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I mean it i mean if you two and two equals four if he's out there recruiting and this guy commits to him, it makes you think he's gonna he's sticking around um and i I think
2: this is actually like a dead period, but yeah. i think I think it was like pictures of him that were older, right, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but still, like you were saying, if he's. You know, if these guys are out there recruiting and guys are committing. I think they probably know, hey, this guy's going to be around. So, you know, we're just – we don't really know anything yet. And like we said before, even before they hired Coach Conklin, we could have came on here and said every name that we heard and all the rumors, but but what's the point? We don't know if it's the truth or not. So – and why waste everybody's time just going on about a bunch of stuff? If you want to know any rumors – on the message board I'm sure people are spewing them out as we speak.
1: Yeah well and here's the thing Mike and I, I thought this was funny too we were kind of talking about it we were sitting there watching uh I can't remember what bowl game it was and the news came out <coughs> excuse me and one of those things you know it was one of those things where you were like mm, they could have said any name in the world they could have said Donald Duck and I'd have been like huh I yeah. because yeah, we had not really heard any we had not heard any names any rumors or anything so it comes out you know and I think it was actually Sports Talk that came out and said something about yeah. um, that, that they had, had reports that Pitt defensive coordinator Josh Conton was going to be named in head coach at Walford. And I think we all had the same reaction, like, huh. I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't really. Like, I'd heard that name before, Yeah. but it's one of them, like, we had not heard any rumors. So when you look at it, you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> well, let me look and see about the. And then the more you look at it, you're like, okay, all, all right. I'm warming up yeah. At first, you text me, like, have you seen it? I was like, I saw it. And then you were like, how do you feel? I was like, I don't know. And you're like, I don't really know either. But after we did the research, by the next day, I was like, you know what? I'm with it. Like, I think this is a home run.
2: I mean, I I don't really think, if everybody's honest, I don't think he was really on anybody's radar. And I think that's more of how you want it. You know, uh, it, it looks like at this point, the administration knew what they were doing after all, and they made the right call. So, you know, it's... It is what it is, you know. We, like you said, it's it's one of those things where you just had to be. When it first came out, what were you gonna say? Right, you know. It's just, and it's totally. This is all uncharted waters for us.
1: And I want to give credit. I want to give credit to the search committee or whatever it was, search committee, it sounds like we were looking for a pastor. But, you know, they they went out there and I think Mike they did it at the perfect time. It was they still have time to finish out this recruiting class. You know, they get out there, they get him in place and they didn't screw it up. Yeah. And we thought they but. we thought that they were going to and they didn't. And that's and I'm one of those guys, Mike, sometimes we have strong opinions, but I'm not I'm not too ashamed or too proud to say anything or to say anything when I'm wrong. And, but, I, and we were wrong. Right. I, I think they went out and made a home run higher.
2: But to, to our defense, I must say that, you know, those comments that, that the athletic director were making were troubling yeah, we at were like, the least. I don't know. I was like, I, what in the world is yeah. he talking about? You know, yeah. but like, like you said, we were wrong. Well, we didn't really say that was what was going to happen, we, that was just our fear. Yeah. So, but I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. We're glad to have Coach Conklin. He actually followed us on Twitter. It's pretty awesome. Can you believe that that happened? Wow. Pretty awesome. I I mean, we've been an outsider. You know, nobody really follows us. You know, officially with the team. And and,
1: and Coach, if you if you do happen to listen to this episode, you don't have it. Two bigger, more fans than these two guys right here. We're pulling for you. And like I said, I'm. I I think I really like the direction that this program's headed, and I think we're going to be awesome next year.
2: Kevin, speaking of the direction of the program, a, a friend of mine who I've actually gotten because of this podcast, Derek Dye. Let me give Derek a shout out. I've been wanting to give him one for so long. So much of so much of the guest and a lot of the content that we come up with, Derek has kind of spun it off of us to kind of see what we think. It kind of he's been a kind of one of the guys behind the scenes. So I want to give Derek Dye a shout out, man we appreciate you but we were talking uh right after he was hired and we were kind of talking about the uniforms what do you think kevin do you think they're going to make a change with the uniform see i think <laughs> it may be something subtle but i think that may be exactly what what, so, what they need here's the thing i don't want
1: to go flashy no i lo- honestly mike and we're big uniform guys yeah and and it's the it's a younger generation thing being a uniform guys but here's the thing when you when you're a gold when you gold as one of your teams, and say you have a gold helmet and gold pants, those golds have to match. Yeah. They have to match. And the good thing with Walford uniforms right now is they do match. The yeah. golds match. Like, if you go and look at Notre Dame, that's terrible.
2: Yeah. What is that? That looks so bad. And man. even Spartanburg. And listen, yeah. I, I know there's probably a lot of Spartanburg listeners, but listen. Make your why, golds match, people. Make your golds match, man. Like, yeah. Vanderbilt, that's gross. Yeah. Make your Get golds Get garbage match. out of here. Don't have, like, a yellowish colored... Like... Spartanburg uniforms are sweet, but, whoa, those golds, they just don't match.
1: Yeah. Another one that's a great example of matching golds is Boston College. Look at Boston College. Their gold helmets and their gold pants, they match. It looks so classy. But here's the thing, Mike. I think you keep the helmets plain. I I think you you have black jerseys, but I think, and like I said, I don't think you throw any crazy stripes or nothing on the helmet. Here's the all I want. I want black pants. I want black on black. <laughs> See, I think even black or white, or both. I don't know about white. I love the idea of black on black with the gold helmets. Just and, and I know they've worn them, I think, one game against Coastal, and I think that was the Tyler Thigpen Coastal. We lost. Yeah, but, I mean, they wore them before that. But I'm I saying know, but I'm in I'm the last. The, the, as long as I can remember. Yeah. that It was the black when they wore the black on black at home. Now, they may have done it. I mean, but like we said, we're young, so we may not remember it that they far did it back.
2: With Travis Wilson, I right, think. Right, right. But I'm saying since then, since like 2003, yeah, the modern era. If they were it
1: one time against yeah. Coastal, got beat, haven't worn it again. Yeah, and I think that's just a classy look. Like think about the Saints. You know, gold yeah, helmets, yeah. black on black, and then away, you wear a gold helmet, white jersey, and black
2: pants. That is a great. What about uniform. all white though, Kevin? The stormtroopers yeah. that looks sick, man. All white would look gold sick helmets too. with the all white would look awesome. And I mean, you could even occasionally you could wear white pants, black jerseys, gold helmets, something completely yeah. just. But but staying within that classy look, I think that you know you I've I've seen them before where they wear like the Panthers old pants like at practice. I'm like, dang, that looks pretty good with like the regular like the older jerseys. I'm like, dang man, that looks legit.
1: Here's what I don't want. I don't want any gold jerseys or anything <laughs> crazy. Now, if you can make it look halfway decent, yeah. And like, but here's the thing about light colored jerseys: players I sweat, sweat. players right. sweat, and it look and it gets darker, and it doesn't look good. And I know we're talking about, oh, we we don't care about. Look, we want for. Look, the young the young crowd, the players that that Coach Conklin and his staff's gonna be recruiting, they care about uniforms. Why do you think? and I, and I know Dabo Swinney and his staff are just the, are some of the greatest recruiters. But them kids like that orange and purple they like it they yeah. like they, it's, I'm telling you uniforms have something to do with it. South Carolina's implemented when you go on a, on an official visit you put on whatever they have all their uniform combinations laid out, and you get to try it on and have a photo shoot and even that it's basketball football i mean uniforms matter yeah, and like we said. The uniforms of the terriers have worn as long as we can remember are classy. Yeah, they and are,
2: I, and that's one of those things, Kevin. I don't think you mess up. To me, right. it's like Penn State. When you look in FCS and you're seeing that black and gold, you know it's the short haired dogs. Period. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's something you want to keep. But throwing a wrinkle in here—that's what I'm saying. Just a pair of black
1: pants. Yeah. That's all I'm. That's all I'm calling for. No crazy gold jerseys or no chrome helmets or nothing like
2: that. Just <laughs> no, no gray, please, God, yeah, no gray. Why are we do? Why is everybody gray? Nobody, I don't, no, everybody's gray. Like, it, it, I don't understand. Coach Conklin, if you're listening, please no gray, no gray, please. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it'll be gold teams, Kevin. Like Vandy has gray uniforms. Yeah, why is
1: Vandy gray? Like,
2: what are you doing? It, I mean, uh, shoot, West Virginia, gray. A, every gray, every team. That's not one of their colors. No. Now, let me think of somebody. Hmm. If Sanford wanted to wear gray, I'd say, nah, that's one of their colors. All right. But still. Uh, still, that may be pushing it. Like, that's I'm, still pushing it. Yeah. But I'm saying these teams are like, it'd be like Clemson, orange and purple wearing gray. Yeah. That makes no sense. I Please, Coach Conklin, don't yeah. do gray. So, also, one thing I'm calling for, Kevin, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think we need to paint the Terrier head on the field. mm Mid Midfield needs to be that Terrier. I know the W's cool, but that Terrier is legit. I've always thought that was one of the coolest logos. And even if it wasn't ours, I would think that was pretty legit. I would love to see that thing painted at midfield. Yeah. Also, another thing, I know this is just, this doesn't really matter, but something that I've always kind of thought was missing, ever since we got the video board, and don't get me wrong, the video board is cool. But our entrance, and, and and granted that entrance video this year, Good. gave me chills. Yeah. But you've got to have something there when the team runs out. Not the band. Yeah. You got to have, like, back in black. That used Ooh. to be the thing. That was legit. Like I say, do the do the video like we had this year, and then come out old school with back in black. That was a thing. Nobody did that. Literally, the high schools around here where we live started doing that because of Wofford.
1: Mike, if we if we come out black jerseys, black pants to Back in Black.
2: I will. I think whoo, I'll cry. I, Tears of joy. <laughs> Tears of joy. I mean, that that was our childhood. That's what they did. And I thought that was cool. And yeah. and a lot of people's like, well, I think we should be classier than ACDC. Well, psh, this is football, guys. Okay? Yeah. And what's wrong with the tradition? Now People's like, well, that's old school. Well, look at what South Carolina does. And Look my, at what Clemson does. It's all a bunch of old traditions. But yeah. that's just what you get accustomed to. I'd love to see them bring that back.
1: And Mike, we got a million dollar scoreboard. Crank that thing up. I want them to hear that thing in the Easily, I'm talking about making it <laughs> I loud. To, like I want it to be rattling the windows of Spartanburg Regional, yeah. and, and and somebody to be like, oh, it's too loud. You shouldn't be at a football game if you don't want it to be loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it needs to be a home field event. Everybody just sitting up, sitting on their hands, going, woo, yay. I mean, that, that ain't no. I want to get. We need to have a home field advantage. People get into it. And I mean, like you said, bring back the bring back some of the stuff from the old days. Implement it with some of the new stuff. That, that Kevin, think about it. I there's mean, there's no doubt
2: in my mind that that intro video they had this year. As soon as it cut, fire up Back in Black. That would work. Oh yeah. There's no doubt it's doable. That would work. I think. I tell you what, Kevin. If they don't have anybody that's willing, we'll just do the music for them.
1: I'll do it. Yeah. We'll just bring the aux cord and plug it up to our phone if, you, if y'all
2: need us to. Hey, hey, we'll we'll straighten this thing out. Yeah, we do all work right. at a radio station. We make and make it work. <laughs> but seriously, guys, like that was part of our childhood that I thought was a good thing. You know, you you see things like you said, Kevin. Changes need to happen, but I think uh, some of the good tradition that we had like that that was so simple. All of a sudden, when we got the new stuff, it went away. Yeah, and, I don't really get it. And Mike, really, and when you're thinking about it. What you
1: just said is keeping it keeping it simple, but then also adding some change in there. That can just summarize everything we've talked about right. tonight, Coach Conklin and his staff. There, he's keeping it simple by keeping some of those coaches on staff, running kind of the same offense. But he's also accepting change. He's letting change come in there. Not significant change. Nothing crazy. Like not any chrome helmets or gold jerseys. But, you know, he's coming in there and (laughs) throwing some some change in there, which is needed. And that's what we're saying. We like like just the intro, just a different, you know, a a little bit of change. Or with the uniforms, just a little bit of change. Nothing crazy. But he
2: might. I mean, they they might come out with chrome helmets. But but. but what I'm
1: saying is you come out and a little bit of change, sometimes you have to adapt to... Things going
2: on around you, things going on in the conference, other teams. Look at what Furman did this year. Right. But, but Kevin, while keeping your tradition, right? Furman brought it back. Yeah. They went back old school looking with their uniforms. Great call.
1: That's a great idea. That yeah. was a
2: great call. That That's what they needed to do. But then again, just to see like what their social media group has done. I mean, I know we kind of got into it with them a little bit. And, <laughs> you know, it was all in good fun. But, you know, they, they're stepping their game up. And as I think that's where the Terriers – are at as well. I think yeah. they're they're going to do it even at another level. Because I think Wofford's resources, like we said, Gibbs Stadium is a nice stadium. It is. You got the indoor stadium now. You've got, you know, the Richardson building, which still is underrated at how nice that is. A lot of places around the country don't have a building that nice to house all their football and stuff in. And, you know, I'm with you. I think... Like you said, making the making the moves necessary to adapt to the changes, but yet keeping that strong tradition, which at Wofford has been great. Yeah. You know, at some places, you, you it doesn't matter if you change uniforms because you suck. You might as well try something new. But at Wofford, we've sustained success with that tradition, and I, from everything I've heard from Coach Conklin, he seems to be wanting to do that to carry yeah. on that that standard say, hey, this is where that gold standard, I've heard Coach Ayer say it before, that's where he's wanting to keep this team at and even try to go even farther with that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he's going to settle for anything less. And that I think that's exactly what you want in a head coach at Wofford.
1: Yeah, and, you know, getting back to, to Coach Conklin, he, I mean, he's come from, you know, working under great coaches. The last one, Pat Narduzzi at, at Pitt, and from everything I've seen, he is – one of the most intense coaches around. And that has to rub off on, on you if you're a, a coordinator under a guy like Narduzzi. Not saying that Coach Conklin's just gonna, you know, make a fool of himself over there on the sideline chewing people out. But you know what? When you screw up, you need to be told that you screw up. That's the way it is. That's the way we were when we grew up playing any kind of sports. If you screw up, you need to know it. And if you if it takes a, a chewing and that's the way it is, and I, and from everything I've seen, it looks like he's a no nonsense coach, and that's what I like. And I think the players respect that; they know that, and most players want that. They want to yeah. know if they if they mess up, they want to know what they can do to improve. But what's going to be any different
2: from Mike Air? Yeah, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what you, I'm that's saying. I'm not saying
1: there's yeah. any any different. I think that's just sustaining what we've had. Like we're yeah, sustaining what we've had in the past. And um, I, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Everything I've read says that he's a He's really a dog on the recruit on the recruiting trail. He gets out there, really recruits hard. And being a young guy, that I mean, that means that he's gonna get some guys in there with him, some younger guys that know the culture of some of these younger prospects. They're gonna get out and they're gonna recruit hard. And I'm really looking forward. This class will be tough to really gauge because he came in late on it, but especially next year's class, kind of what he's doing, because we're getting to where we're we're getting so successful and we're getting out there, you know, nationally where some of these guys is going to have some some FBS offers. It's going to start considering coming to Walford. Um especially if we continue this success, they know, man, we're going to be in the playoffs. We're going to be playing for a national championship. Get, I mean, you have more opportunity to get better and he said that in the press conference. When you, I mean, you if you make a bowl game, you get six or seven wins or however many and you're a, get a month off and then you play one game and it's over. When you're in the FCS, you make the playoffs. You can get up to three or four weeks to get better every week and play meaningful games. I mean, and
2: and have meaningful practice, right? Like and you you're said. not playing
1: football. If, you, if it's not fun for you. and right. that, I mean, that the more you play, the more fun you have, and that's just every week, more and more fun, more and more experience, gelling together more as a team and really seeing what your team's made of. And, he's, and it seemed like to me that was really a selling point to him is getting back to the FCS where he can play in the playoffs because he knows, one, Wofford has really thrived in the playoffs these last couple of years, and two... Just the playoff format in general. I mean it it is appealing when you think about it. Especially when you I mean, now the bowl games are cool, you get all that stuff and get paid and everything, but here's the thing. Like I just you you just you know the the wait time a month to play one game and it's over. But with the FCS, you keep winning, you keep playing until the national championship. And like you said, Mike, I don't think Coach Conklin's gonna stop He's not going to stop trying. He wants that national championship. And I think he legitimately thinks the Terriers have a chance here in the upcoming years.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, they were on the cusp of it this year. And, and like we said all along, I, I know North Dakota State's great and all, but I don't buy that they're that much better than us. I mean, we helped them out a whole bunch. So... We're going to save that for a different day.
1: But you know what? We did lose to the national champions, and, um, you know, it was, like we said, it was tough. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I don't think they were that much better. They were better, but not that much, not 35 points better, however much, 31, however much it was. Um, but, you know, Mike, that's in the
2: past. We're looking to the future, and I think it's a bright one. Kevin, you know, we haven't really done a 2017 recap. Okay. And we need to do it at some point. I think what would be cool is if, I don't know if we want to do it on this episode or we want to do it on another one, but do like a top ten plays of the year. Like our top ten. I think it would be relatively easy to do. Should be. Uh, We could get the audio in there and kind of talk about uh, each play. Maybe we need to put that on the next one.
1: Yeah, and we 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 can take some recommendations too. Guys, if you've got any plays from from the 2017 season that really, you know, sets apart from some of the other plays, some that you're, you're going to remember, you know, shoot us a DM, let us know, give us, you know, give us an idea. We, we, you know, we'll consider those. We'll have some honorable mentions, I'm sure. Um, but 2017 was a fun year, Mike. A lot of close games, but that means that the plays were more crucial and really got everybody more pumped up. And like we said, it was a fun year, but it's in the past. You know, we made it to, made it as far as we did the year in 2016. But Mike, I'm looking for this year, I want to go further.
2: Yeah, and Kevin, it's like you said, the whole thing with North Dakota State, we did, we, we were supposed to be there. Yeah, it wasn't one of these things where it was a fluke, or it, it, I, that's why I hate the moral victory side of it. Now, granted, we need to be thankful for what happened. We need to be thankful for what, how much success that we had. But in that same breath, we we're going for the ultimate goal. That's to win the national championship. And I'm sorry if that sounds. Heartless, or or you know, spoiled, or however you want to describe it, but I think that is the mindset of our coaching staff, and I think as fans we should expect no less. Right. Because I mean, not to say if if we you know we don't win an NFL, I'm gonna sit around and pout. I'm not sitting around and pouting, but then again I'm not crowning the other team. Look, any team can be beaten on any given day. Yep. Period. So I'm not gonna crown anybody and say well we just can't beat them. I, I'm not buying that. Garbage. I, I I think this year, if we can take care of business like like we said, stick to a lot of the same stuff, you know. But but adapt, have those changes, but stay true to that tradition that has gotten you to this point. The Walford Way. Yes, you're gonna see. That's not just a saying. People automatically say, "Well, that's just a that's just a think way of thinking." That is a way of life. Period. And you know, doing things the right way, doing it hundred percent. And like Coach Conklin said, one thing that he's attracted to about Wofford is that they are true student-athletes. And that's something you're not going to have everywhere. Even teams in our conference. It's guys are there just – that. the only reason they could be even in college, period, is because they can ball. Yeah. Every other reason, you know, any anything to do academically, anything else, they would not be there. So, you know, and not to say everybody would be at Wofford if they didn't play ball because I'm sure – most of them would not be, but still, it just goes to show. those guys could go to college somewhere else. Yeah. They may not, you know, if they weren't a but they may not be at Walford, but they would be somewhere, and I think that's something that's attractive to him, and, you know, these guys work very hard at Walford, a yeah, lot harder than everywhere else, and, you know, I think he's going to match that same intensity, like you said, he's picked it up from these other places, and. You know, we're going to see what happens, and we we can't wait. Yeah, and, and you know, he
1: – and Coach Conklin, he, he reiterated that in his press conference talking about how, you know, in the classroom is very important. He wants to graduate these guys. He wants to – I mean, Walford's at the top in the nation in graduation rate from football players. I think uh, uh Jared, Jake – oh, I messed it up. <laughs> Jake and Duffy. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I was right. He – Oh, he was like an, you know, what was it, the All-American scholar. It was something like that. He
2: made like the All-American for the academic yeah, side of things. Yeah, it doesn't
1: sound like I'm a All-American scholar trying to get, you trying to get that out. You, were, but. you
2: did not make the All-American squad.
1: <laughs> but he, I mean, that that's impressive. And, Mike, he's not the only one. A lot of smart guys, a lot of guys that work hard, like you said, on and off the field. And I think Coach Conkin's going to be just like Coach Ayers, no nonsense. You don't go to class, you don't play. And I think that's the way it is at Walford. You go and you need to perform in the classroom and then perform on the field. Well, you're
2: going to flunk out. Right. I, I, but what I that's mean, what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: You got I mean, The expectations for you at Walford is first and foremost in the classroom, you know, and then on the football field. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I really am, Mike. I, I, like, I like the direction that we're going. I think the administration made a great hire. And, you know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. For the upcoming season, and for the people that, for the people that still aren't are unsure, you know, still kind of skeptical. I understand. We understand the skeptics out there. I mean, I mean, you you have every right to be skeptical, but you have to give that you have to give the program a chance. And we know, you know. People don't like. Sometimes people don't like change, and it is a drastic change when the coach has been there 30 years and then he retires, and you get a new guy in there that's almost, you know, half his age. <laughs> you're gonna think, you know, yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't know. And it, you have the right to do that, but you have to give him a chance. You have to go in with an open mind. And I think everything we have presented, you know, in this episode and everything you've, you know, that people have read, I mean, I don't see how you can't be energized and pumped up for for next season, Mike. Um, you know, one, I think the, a good way to, to end the episode, um, uh, we've been talking about it I and mean, we can throw a little teaser out here.
2: We're thinking about a little bit of a uh, little merch, about a little merch. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's becoming time. I think so. our, our audience is, is growing and, uh, yeah, there's uh there's a lot of, there's some moving parts
1: out there. Uh, we may be getting some merchandise out. Maybe some, something, some, some T-shirts maybe. Maybe house? some T-shirts maybe. made,
2: yeah. Maybe a little, uh, little T-shirts. A little, little bit of goods, huh? Yeah. Uh, Sporting goods. If
1: anybody would be interested in any, you know, any T-shirts or anything, we're still, we're looking through some designs. We've drawn some stuff up. We've, you know, kind of spitballed some things, uh, some different designs and stuff. But I think... Um, we're going to you know, keep it simple. We're going to keep yep, keep it simple, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things, you know, where... Like you said, our brand's starting to get out there a little bit, and we really appreciate some of the feedback and things we've got. People have been sharing and liking our page. We got, like we said, we got a follow from Coach Conklin. Um, it's it's pretty cool the the reaction that we've got, and uh, we know we know that there's some some people listening that we may not even be aware of, and um, but we're gonna get it, get your merch to you. So. Yeah, and it, and like you said, if you if you're interested in a t-shirt, or if you have any ideas. Let us know. We're going to, like I said, we're still spitballing. Nothing's set in stone, but we're looking to get maybe a run of some shirts here in the next couple of months, definitely before next season. Mm. Um, and then, like, we'll have them available and then, uh, Obviously, we're we're two bigger guys. We're not going to be hard to you know hard to pick out at the game. But you know, if you see us in the in the short hair dog podcast t shirts, you know, come up and say hello. Yeah, and yeah. Uh,
2: you know, it's there's some there's some special things on the horizon. Yeah,
1: though. and it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. In the past, you know, the past couple of months getting this getting this show on the road's been a lot of fun, and. Uh, I think it's only going to get better from here. We're still lining up some interviews. Mike, you've been in touch with some people, um, some individuals that want to be on the show. We're going to get those lined up here in the next We've couple episodes. we got one that's going to be
2: what's going to be super. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of the thing where he he was gone, then uh, we were gone, and then I kind of lost touch, and it's totally my fault. But I think he's going to be end up being on, if not the next one, one soon after that. But he's going to be a great guest. There's no doubt about it. Um, But a lot of other guests that also we've kind of touched base with, but we had not really nailed anything down yet. So, guys, I'm telling you, a lot to look forward to, uh, not only for this podcast, but with the Terriers in general. So uh, I I don't know what else we can say other than that, other than just to close it out with with that. You know, Kevin, what I would love to do next year is maybe do some on location. Yeah. Do some at the tailgates and stuff like that. Let people come up and, and hit us up and things like that. And, you know, I've even thought about, you know, I know there's really just a short, uh, what is it, a 30-minute pregame, you know, that, that Hauser and Henson do on the, uh, you know, the IMG, yeah. the app, whatever you want to call it. Well, I thought it may be good to do like, like two or three hours before kickoff, let's do a live stream. Yeah. And this kind of us talking about, you know, random stuff that, you know, of course, Watford related, but... It doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be a game breakdown. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but I just thought that the listeners might enjoy that. Well kind uh, of a pre game edition of, of- Short yeah and
1: we're still tinging around with some ideas and some technology and things like that trying to get some things on oh it's trying to get to good some guys. things implemented and uh I'm really looking forward to it like we say we really we really appreciate it. i mean we're humbled by some of the support that we've gotten it's unbelievable people, people letting us know how much they appreciate it and we uh, we only want to see it grow not for our popularity no. we want to get the like we said we want to get the Walford way out there we want more notoriety for that small college in Spartanburg who just keeps going, defying odds, and beating big boys. And not just in football. We smoke North Carolina in basketball. Which
2: we're never going to let that go. No,
1: yeah. That's going to that's gonna always be a thing.
2: I don't I don't care. Don't come at me with any North Carolina stuff I, until Jesus comes back. Yeah. I'm going to keep. Get that
1: garbage out of here. Until
2: Jesus comes back, I'm going to keep saying,
1: yep. we beat the Tar Heels. <laughs> but, Mike. We are excited about what's in the future for uh, for the show here, but more importantly, the Walford football program. We want to wish Coach Conklin the best of luck. We think it's a home run hire, uh, the best of both worlds. We're really looking forward to it. So, Mike, take us out.
2: Well, w- one more thing I want to mention. One thing that I thought that you, we talked about being humble by the support, there's people literally that we were like little kids and pulled for. You know, like we're huge fans of when We were little, or that are now following our, our podcast, which is kind of bizarre, but it's kind of cool in the same breath. Yeah. So. That'll do it for episode eight of the short haired dog. We appreciate you guys listening. You can find us on Twitter at Shorthaired Dog. You can also find us on Facebook at the Shorthaired Dog. You can follow us on SoundCloud and the Apple Podcasts app at the Short Haired Dog Podcast. So go and find us today. You can follow me at at Mike Bennett QFP. You can follow Kevin at K. Bennett underscore five very, correct very good. I got it right this time That's, so it's a I'm proud just, of you. just a just a great way to end the show once again want to want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the family and friends of Terry Codham. absolutely uh, rest in peace my friend it's uh it's, it's sad but uh, you know just imagine what it how we we talk about how things are going here today here in Spartanburg imagine how his day is going. Yep. Up where he is. So, um, just uh, once again, want to wish the best to him and his family, to his family here during this tough time. I know it's, I can't imagine. So, so that's going to do it for episode eight. We appreciate you listening. And go Terriers. Go Terriers.